Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Wow, so uh, this is Chicago, huh? Where do you guys, uh, you guys keep the roaches? Now come there's not a, the, the producer here is not a fat guy in a Pantera t-shirt. I think that's kind of awesome, really. There's an ice maker? Oh, shit. Let's get this show started. The following podcast contains... You cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you fired the guy who got you elected because of what he did to get you elected, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is Friday, May 12, 2016, Goodbye My Comey Island Baby edition of the show, where we talk about the end of accountability in America. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by our returning sponsor, Earl's Excrement Expediters. Earl's is pleased to announce their stunning load of shit special. If you thought you knew your shit, Earl's wants you to know you ain't seen shit yet. Order now, and Earl's Elite Expert Expeditors will deliver a metric fuck ton of bullshit anywhere, anytime, in at least 24 hours or less. Need to convince 40% of the electorate you didn't fire the guy investigating you for colluding with the Russians when you totally did? Earl's gets that shit done. Never before has any company offered such a stunning array of bullshit to choose from or gotten it to as many people as quickly. Use the promo code Paul Ryan is a lying fuck at checkout, and Earl's will ship your shit for free. Earl's Excrement Expeditors, when mendacity, prevarication, evasion, fabrication, and calumnation, hyperbole, and subterfuge just won't do, Earl gets the shit and gets you through. Monday you met with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for a recommendation? Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not... You had made the decision before they came uh, in. The I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they, because in your letter you said I, I accepted, accepted their recommendations. Yeah, well, they so you also, had already made the decision. Uh, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendations. So there was they, a right He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans <clears throat> like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Knowing there was no good time to do it. And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know... This Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. It's an excuse by the Democrats for having lost an election that they should have won. Yep, that's us. I guess you're probably wondering how we got here. When I was a cop, I worked for a small department that was, to uh, put it mildly, thoroughly corrupt. From the chief to the officers on the street, the place was riddled with dishonesty, fraud, embezzlement, bribery, and theft. Most of these offenses were fairly petty. Officers, pa- officers padded in their time cards, or the chief would charge for three overtime positions, but only post two officers, and then he would pocket the difference. They could do this for two simple reasons. First, 
There was a lack of concrete evidence, and the chief was well steeped in systemic corruption at being Washington, D.C., so he knew how to cover his tracks. And the second was the system overseeing the department was intentionally blind to the crimes because they, too, were involved in corruption, namely a conspiracy to underreport certain crimes like rape to the federal government, which could cost them millions of dollars in revenue. Now, I was young, idealistic, naive. Bit of a moron, actually. I thought I could do something. I was promptly given the choice to quit and they would leave me alone because, after all, I had no evidence, or I could be fired and my reputation trashed. I would never be a cop again, although I didn't actually want to be. It was explained to me that I didn't know who the fuck that I was dealing with, but actually, I did. I knew they could do exactly what they threatened, so I quit. I was a peon. A tiny, squeaky wheel in the machine that was designed to have inconveniences such as those quietly removed. There was a system in place to make problems go away without any fuss. What they did not do was publicly, openly, stupidly shit-can me because they knew that kind of shit just shines a light on the dirty corners of your conspiracy. If a two-bit shit show of an organization such as this unnamed police department can figure out how to do this, why can't the Trump administration figure it out too? Because they just shit canned the FBI director. A bunch of fucking idiots. If you've recently arrived from a trip from the South Pole or you're just a Trump supporter, you might be unaware that the President of the United States and his staff are under investigation by the FBI and sundry others for colluding with the Russian government to influence the 2016 election. Rebecca, you knew that, right? I noticed. Just checking. Just checking. You haven't been to the South Pole or anything, right? Almost, but not quite. All right. Not recently, though. No. So you knew? Yes. And they should know? Probably. uh, I would would give that a yes. Okay, thanks. And you know that phone records, travel documents, eyewitness testimony, and the former National Security Advisor seeking immunity for prosecution, that should tip you off as well. This investigation is not sitting well with the Commander-in-Chief, whose attempts to quash it have led to some poor choices. For example, when specifically warned by the acting attorney general that his national security advisor, the same one he has now fired and is seeking immunity, lied about his relationship with the Russians repeatedly and publicly, the president ignored that warning and subsequently and allegedly, unrelatedly, It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Global bullshit. I call bullshit. Fired the very person who warned him. He then fired a respected U.S. attorney who was quietly looking into allegations of conspiracies on the part of his now Health and Human Services Secretary. His attorney general then lied during his confirmation hearings about his contacts with the Russians and was forced to recuse himself from any investigations about said contacts. He then attempted to deflect the issue by accusing his predecessor of felony abuse of office without a single shred of evidence, an accusation that was repeatedly and consistently disproved. And his little Renfeld in Congress took information provided by the administration that supposedly supported the lie about the wiretapping and gave it to the press, only to promptly have it leaked that where he got the information from was, in fact, the White House, and it did not prove the campaign was illegally wiretapped. In kind, it actually supported the idea the campaign was involved in criminal activities. The president himself repeatedly commented upon the ongoing investigation and personally asked the FBI to downplay the investigation. Then Tuesday night, the president fired the FBI director James Comey, the person in charge of the investigation, into his collusion with the Russians for his 
bungled handling of said invest of the investigation of the Clinton email scandal. The very bungling that has been well established that fucking got him elected. God, this place is like a fucking open air insane asylum. The director of the FBI is a political appointee of the president. Legally, they can be fired for any reason by the president. Traditionally, the FBI director is more of a quasi-political entity than an overt one. The person appointed by the president is generally chosen for abilities and reputation rather than political affiliation. The post is for 10 years, so they usually overlap with different administrations and generally seen as being above the political fray. Comey was appointed by President Obama in September 2013 and had six years left on his term. Unfortunately for Director Comey, he had a predilection for ramming his dick into a light socket, politically speaking. I can think of three real good reasons why I shouldn't do something like that, Judge. His handling of the eternal investigation of Hillary Clinton's infamous private email server landed him in the middle of a swirling shitstorm in the 2016 election. So, here he is penis wedged in said light socket and standing next to a switch with the choice to leave it turned off or just flip that shit right up and send in the juice and Comey flipped that switch not once but twice. You remember that, right? I remember that. You think that might have had something to do with the election? Possibly. I think so too. The first time when his announcement on why he would not be pressing charges for the server in a scolding statement where he basically called Clinton stupid, which she was, and then a few months later when he sent another letter to Congress because they found some emails on Anthony Weiner's dick pic storage unit. You know, if John Oliver won't keep that joke alive, I'm going to. That was the act that nailed closed the Clinton coffin and gave us President Trump. You are a ass. You've killed us. It's hard to say exactly what the Comey firing means. We can't even arrive at a conclusion on why it happened. Was it a cold-blooded attempt to obstruct justice by a criminal president? Or was it the intemperate thrashings of a bloated man-child whose fra fragile ego was wounded by a perceived lack of loyalty when the dog that brought his slippers chewed one of the toes off? The Washington Post certainly makes the arrogant man-child argument. The narrative emerging is that Trump was pissed off that Comey would not perjure himself before the Senate committee by absolving the Lord High shitbag of Pennsylvania Avenue of all the crimes that the Justice Department was investigating and then ordered his deputy attorney general to come up with reasons totally unrelated to the reality of the Russians of why he was firing Comey. So big Jeff Sessions tapped a respected and allegedly honest member of the Justice Department, Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General, to write himself a letter. Rosenstein's letter reads more like the Comey statement on Hillary's email server, basically insinuating that some mysterious makes mistakes were made, but skirt an outright call to lock him up. I'm sorry, lock him out. It's what you do when your boss, in this case Jeff Sessions, who by the way is supposed to be recused from all dealings with the Russian investigation since he was caught knuckles deep in the Russian ambassador's big brown rosebud, and he, that your boss comes to you and says, we want to fire Ted in accounting and we need you to find a way to make that happen. But you kind of suspect the reason they want to fire Ted in accounting is because Ted can prove that the boss is embezzling money from the company to pay for cocaine and 400 pound hookers. You got a choice to make. You can do what you're told, 
After all, you don't have any proof that the Rubenesque call girls are the cocaine. You need the job because your girls want to go to a private university rather than a state school. So you write the letter in such a way that people can read it any way they want. Reportedly, Rosenstein threatened to resign over this, over how it was played out, how he got hung out to dry by Trump because he never actually recommended firing the guy. But you know, what you really should do there, Rod is appoint a special fucking prosecutor and then resign. That would really piss them off. Let's also not pretend, my fellow liberals, that James Comey did not deserve to be fired. He totally fucking did. He fucked up on so many levels that Obama absolutely would have fired him if it was politically feasible. But imagine, just for a second, the reaction if the president, whose party just lost the election fired the man that essentially cost the party the election, even though he had a clear and compelling reason to do so. I mean, Rebecca, what would you do if if you were a podcast host and your producer constantly left Mountain Dew cans all over the studio? Build a Mountain Dew can pyramid? You're fired too. Fuck you. I don't know. Stop defending Gavin. I'm firing Gavin. But he's so lovable and he loves my favorite soda. <laughs> oh, God damn. You producers, you're all in it together. Mitch fucking McConnell and Paul Dickless Ryan would have howled for blood on every news program on cable. And cable would parrot their faux outrage because, you know, fucking ratings. Comey's desperate need to appear as though he wasn't acting politically when he was clearly doing exactly that led to a series of avoidable blunders. He talked about Hillary's fake-ass email scandals, but held back information about Trump and the Russians even though he knew goddamn well it was going on. Obama should have fired his ass. Comey should have resigned. But he didn't, and Obama didn't. So here we are. Yet, it's also abundantly clear that Trump did not fire Comey because of Clinton. It's a fucking insult to the intelligence that this was the reason he initially used. Fuck, it's insulting even to the mouth-breathing cretins who smeared their intellectual feces on their ballots to mark an X for Trump during the election. This criminal fuckstain on the cheap most hell mattress of American politics spent months leading screaming crowds and chants about locking up his political moment in a move straight out of Dictator 101. Professor Amin, very tough, likes to eat students who turn in their homework like, don't do that. He had, he had the sheer unmitigated gall to use how Comey treated Clinton initially as an excuse to fire him. God damn what a set of brass balls this guy might have. But he fucking fired him because of Russia. And he's been screaming at the TV over months over, over this. Politico published an article on Wednesday stating the move was explicitly about Russia. Trump fired Comey as part of a continuing attempt, admittedly a pathetic attempt, to cover up and obstruct the investigation into the ties between his campaign and him to Russia's actions during the 2016. This is a felony conspiracy to obstruct justice, and it was the number one reason the House listed on Richard Nixon's articles of impeachment. And I know some of you right now are like, Dave, Dave, calm down, man. How can you know this? Because he fucking said it on TV! He told it to Lester Holt. This Jesus guy's a fucking moron. I mean, his staff were busy, busy, busy lying their little beaver asses off to him. And the great 
orange glob sits down with Lester Holt and just cops to it right on national TV. My only joy at this moment is that Sean Spicer's rectal prolapse has increased five times. I mean, basically, Sean Spinker is now just a black hole, slowly drawing the rest of him deeper inside his own colon until he finally passes the asshole event horizon and just disappears, leaving only a long fart noise in his absence. Where are you, Sean? In case you didn't know, and I tro- no, Trump doesn't know, the reason a political official swears their oath to protect and to defend the Constitution and not the president is for exact moments like this. Rebecca, did you know about the oath to the Constitution? I've heard of it. And do you think that someone should swear that oath to the president for loyalty or to be loyal to the Constitution? Probably the Constitution. I'm just, it just seems like a good idea to me. There we go. All right. Rebecca agrees. See, Gavin, this is what you're supposed to be doing. They can't even hear you because you're too scared to talk on the microphone. Trump keeps calling Comey disloyal because Comey, whatever his flaws, was and is first and foremost loyal to his oath. Not the bronzer-hued genital wart currently swelling on the nation's dorse testicles. In a case you were again recently back from the South Pole or simply a Fox News watcher, there is a very real criminal case going on. A grand jury just issued subpoenas on the Flynn case. Furthermore, the same prosecutor handling the Flynn case is also looking into charges against Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, for collusion with the Russians and the Trump campaign to fuck up our election last year. The cases were directly under the supervision of the director of the FBI. It is FBI agents assembling the facts behind the case, FBI assets that are sifting through communications intercepts, FBI agents are interviewing witnesses and suspects. It is the FBI who brought this case to the U.S. attorney who impaneled the grand jury, and it is the FBI director who allocates resources to the case or withholds those resources so the case could go nowhere. In short, if you fire the FBI director, you stand a pretty good chance of killing the case. But I am sure that never crossed the mind of anyone when Trump directed Attorney General Jefferson Beauregard Clancy the Clown Sessions to find a reason to legitimately fire Comey, who then went on to have his deputy, generally considered a straight arrow, provide political cover for that act. In any decently ran country, the Congress of the United States would immediately start a select committee with broad authority to subpoena and investigate any and all persons or parties involved in this massive crime. Senate Majority Leader Mitch Cumstain McConnell. McConnell? Did I say that right? I think that's it. Did I call him McDonald? Yeah, we cut that. Okay, good said that he would not approve or support appointing a special prosecutor or a select committee because it could only serve to, quote, impede the current work being done. Fucking shit. God damn it. There's no fucking work being done, Mitch, you cumstain. Paul, killer of the sick and poor, Ryan, appeared on Fox News Wednesday where he said, actually, I'm writing this before I even saw what he said, so I'm just going to assume he dropped his pants and took a diarrhea shit right on an original copy of the Constitution brought straight from the National Archives. And no, I don't mean that metaphorically. 
If you expect the Republican control Congress to do anything about the steady destruction of our government, you obviously have not been watching the GOP for the past two decades. This is the culmination of a dream, gross incompetence coupled with criminal malfeasance combined with a superpower of fuckery allowing them once and for all to drown the government in a toilet bowl. Is this a constitutional crisis as some are calling it? Technically, no. As of yet, there's no public evidence the president or those associated with him actually committed a crime because it's all still classified. There are no warrants issued that Trump is refusing to honor. No one can say with certainty what the fuck is actually going on right now. So no, nothing unconstitutional has happened yet. But it is a crisis. As Noah Feldman said in Bloomberg, the erosion of the independence of law enforcement is thus a blow to the unwritten constitutional norm of political neutrality. It doesn't violate a separation of powers, but it violates a norm that in its own way is almost as important. I talked exclusively about the Russian connection back in episode 97. The whole issue reeks of last week's fish are Gavin's feet. Honestly, fucking foot powder, Gavin. Just you, just put it on, you stinky bastard. And Trump is not acting like an innocent man. Every single thing this administration has done about this case makes it appear they have something very big to hide. Like the corpse of a 400-pound hooker with a weed eater jammed in her ass and a goat hooves bruises on her back. Well, that's very specific, but something like that, yes. I said then and I say now, I'm pretty sure Trump himself did not actively collude with the Russians. I don't think the man himself is smart enough to pull off a cover-up. Just look at his tweets. This is not a man who can keep a secret. But I firmly believe there's enough shady shit in his dealings with the Russians to get him in general to have his testicles nailed and stapled to a laminated countertop and whacked blue with a ball-peen hammer. If there isn't something there, and there is, all he has to do is appoint a special prosecutor to look into the matter and get it over with. What he's done instead is do everything within his power to prevent anyone looking into the matter. He's also done everything in his power to distract us when the issue gets too hot. It's easy to miss that 400-pound hooker corpse on the squeaky cart and the going out the hotel lobby when you're stoking the fires of war. What hooker? The one you've been obsessing over. The thing is, this too shall pass. We on the left will kick and scream. We will protest. Learned thinkers will pin treatises on the existential danger this poses to our democracy. Drunken podcast hosts will slur profanities into a microphone and make jokes about obese prostitutes. And these will only fall on the ears of people who already believe that Trump is an existential threat to democracy. Meanwhile, over on the other side of the aisle... There's no sound that no one knows. What does the fuck say? And that is the voice that these dimwitted shitskids on the tidy whities of middle America will listen to. Gizmodo did a summary of the reaction on Fox News to the Comey firing and can be best summed up with, well, I don't know, it's not a thing. Fox does not give a flying hopped up fuck bit about the destruction of our democracy because it's good money for the end of the world. They will never report truthfully to their viewers on what's going on to their viewers, and their viewers will never turn the fucking channel to see anything different. President Fox and friends can just label the rest of the media hashtag fake news, and the Foxanitas will lap it up like a small dog laps up the naughty puddles on a low-budget porn set. That is just making me feel physically sick. We've watched the slow decline towards incompetent authoritarianism. 
coming up on like for four months now. We've seen a bumbling administration fuck up their plans to oppress Muslims, enact an ethnic cleansing of Latinos, deprive the poor of their basic services for living, and destroy the protective apparatus of the government. And even this, the most overt authoritarian act yet, a full-on fuck-I-am-a-dictator move is so badly executed it smacks of a B-movie plot that a calculated power grab. It would be hilarious if it weren't fucking terrifying because even an incompetent dictator is still a fucking dictator. Because in some ways, an idiot dictator is far worse than an effective one. Because at least Mussolini made the trains run on time. And while your average Genoissimo in Central America just line their pockets while the nation burned. And Trump's pockets are getting very well lined, very well lined indeed. There's a strong argument to be made that Trump has fundamentally broken our country. Prior to this administration, this action would provoke an intense bipartisan backlash. No president would even think of so grossly interfering in an ongoing criminal investigation against him. Well, none since Nixon, and we know how that turned out. But today, with Trump, he can do this because he and his advisors feel that they can just get away with it. Trump is an ignorant fucking turd shat out onto the Oval Office chair, but Bannon, Priebus, and Jefferson, Beauregard, Bull, Connor Sessions, sure as fuck know the risk they're running, and they feel pretty solid doing it. They are gambling the GOP and Congress will not have the sack to do anything about it, and if I were in their shoes, I would put my money down too. I see no indication the Republican Congress will do any real action towards fulfilling their constitutional duties to provide a check on the executive. They will not impanel a select committee with an independent investigative powers to look into the actions of the president regarding Russia or any of the other myriad high crimes and misdemeanors he's committing in full view of a horrified 60% of the electorate and a jubilant 40% who cheer him on so they can get rid of the Mexican family down the block that plays their music too loud every Friday night. Removing a president from power, even a manifestly corrupt and incompetent president, places a nation in real crisis. It creates a massive political disruption disruption that echoes through the entire society. It creates an economic disturbance, causing the markets to decline and the population to hold on to their money. Couple this with an existing partisan sorting, and now you have a society actively fighting with one another, at least verbally, in some cases physically. See the Berkeley protest a few weeks or two ago. When Nixon finally resigned, the country was already exhausted from a decade of social upheaval, from a decade of war, on the edge of a huge economic downturn, and it took another decade for us to recover from it. And that was with the Congress and courts that were actively doing their constitutional duty. It would take a brave an honorable group of women and men to stand up and in one voice condemn the president and call for his removal. The kind of people who are willing to risk their own fortunes and reputations for the good of the republic. 
folks who realize the greater good demands that they take an unpopular position and utilize all their talent and energies towards convincing their fellow partisans that it is an imperative for the good of the Constitution that we not only investigate the president, but call him to account when and if this investigation reveals wrongdoing. They must be willing as one to stand with their opposition party and in a clear and unambiguous way espouse the principles of law and demand they be applied without prejudice or favor to anyone regardless of position or power. That they believe the oath they swore upon assuming their offices is not just empty words but a sacred trust they assumed upon taking their position. In short, they must be brave and they must be the bright line between democracy and authoritarianism. We don't have anything like that. So, lacking these heroes, who will save the Republic? Rebecca, who's going to save the Republic? We are. Yeah, I know it sucks. But someone's got to do the hard work of saving the country. Some work has been done in this area. I mean, marches, town halls, angry calls to represent. Those are great. Those are great. But they don't mean shit unless they actually change the system. You got to do something unpleasant. Something most of us would just as soon stay the fuck away from. We'd like, you know, we'd stay away from a guy wheeling a 400 pound hooker corpse down the hotel hallway. You, and I know this hurts, are going to have to go out and vote in the midterm. Democrats suck at this. I mean, right now, with the white hot fury running our veins, we're still not showing up at the polls in special elections. I get it. There are districts we ain't going to win, even with a criminal fuckstick in the White House, because Republicans will vote for John Wayne Gacy and full Pogo the Clown regalia if he promises he will only kill Mexican kids. You got to go out and fucking vote. All of you, no matter where you live, even if you live in a redder place than Steve Bannon's asshole after a jalapeno-flavored scotch bender. We need 23 seats to take the House. And there are vulnerable Republicans in 25-ish seats where Clinton won the district. And I, that don't mean shit if you don't show up. And also, someone has to run. You can't just have the weird guy who wears the vest covered with a lot of buttons about nuclear power in Wales. You have to have a real candidate. And if, you're re if your district doesn't have one, find one. Fuck, if you can't find one, do it yourself. Do not let these fucking Republican assholes run unopposed. The only way we take our country back is to run these fuckers out of Washington, D.C. on a rail. And if that rail reads straight to a jail, well, then that's just so much the better. In the end, the Comey firing can have one of two effects. It can plunge the country deeper into an existential crisis, leading ultimately to our destruction, or it can piss you the fuck off and you can get off your ass and get into the voting booth. We cannot depend on our current politicians. We cannot depend on the FBI. And we certainly cannot depend on a Justice Department run by a howdy-doody motherfucking racist. It's up to us. It's up to you. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do to take your fucking country back. You can take this from me. I know these things because I am a podcaster.
on Oops! The Podcast. Join me, comedian Julio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. That is it for our show this week. We are on the road and recording in Fast Eddie's Podcast Hut Podcast Network sister studios in beautiful Chicago. It's it's like New York, but with more sausage and fewer bagels. And bigger ass. Exactly. We want to thank producer Becca for Rebecca for running the board tonight and point out that she's not only smarter than Gavin, more competent than Gavin, but she also looks infinitely better in a Pantera t-shirt than Gavin. She also knows that the anti-paladin was always a non-player class. Said so right in Dragon Magazine, so suck it, Gavin. If you would like to have your show, have this show come to your town and make beautiful podcasts, you really should ask your doctor to up your dosage. The medicine's not working. But you can rate and review the show on iTunes, and it'll help other folks get their lithium levels adjusted. If you need your SSRIs normalized, you can follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast, or the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are at the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the very real and spectacular producer Rebecca, and all the other fictional non-player characters on the show, we want to say, you lost your job, now you can stay out all night long. You got fired from your job, Comey. Now, well, you can actually get a job making a lot more money because you were the fucking FBI director. You'll be fine. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>